Trigger warning, the following episode contains sensitive information about sexual assault that may be disturbing to some listeners. Viewer discretion is advised. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Bitchipedia. Today I have a very special guest with me, Kate Neal. And to give a little background, we have very little to go on, but April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. So all of April, I had this episode planned, everything kept falling through, and now I see that it was fate, because one night, while I'm at work, I'm a waitress, and she comes in and sits at my table, and we basically come together and realize that we're soulmates, essentially. <laughs> what do you say? Yes, no, 100% twin flames, so we gotta go. 100%. Okay, so you, I was talking to, I don't even remember how we got on the subject, but we were talking about sexual assault and you told me a little bit of your background and I knew that I had to have you on the podcast. Yes, I think it definitely um, was divine timing for sure. So a little bit more about me. I'm Kate Neal. Um, I just finished my undergraduate degree at Southern Miss for um, social work. And this last semester um, before graduation, we do field placement. So I was placed in a macro level policy field placement um, and working directly on campus. And so with my advisor, we had two different groups. So one group worked with homelessness in um, our community. And then I chose to work with sexual assault and violence, particularly on campus and involving students this semester. Um, so I've done over 420 hours of research and advocacy in just this semester alone um, for this topic. Right. Um, yeah. So, so versed in all this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in addition to being a woman and um, being a survivor myself, I have poured the hours into the research and into the advocacy and researching policies and things and processes in place um, for sexual assault, particularly on campus. So I would love to talk with you guys about that today. Yes, yes. and that is definitely something I want to get into. First, we can start with clarifying exactly what is sexual assault or rape all of those things, because we talked a little bit about this earlier, but this was something because I also am a victim survivor and whatever you want to call it of sexual assault and for the longest time it took me a while to realize like that that's actually what had happened because everyone kind of thinks of rape as this like violent act of you being tied up or held down by a stranger or some you know this horrible thing and that wasn't really what happened with me and I've never spoken about it on a public platform and today I will but essentially I was young and taken advantage of and a lot of people kind of write that off as not really rape or, you know, sexual assault. And that's not the case. So can you clarify a little bit about what exactly sexual assault is and like what consent means? Yeah, for sure. Um, so rape, sexual assault, they all, it's a very broad category. Um, and like you said, most people or a lot of people don't even realize what's happened to them um, until a while later, just because we don't have the dialogue in our society um, to let women or survivors know um, that their rights and their body and their consent has actually been violated. And so sexual assault has a wide variety. And statistically, the chances are, I believe it's nine out of 10 um, that you're going to know who your assailant is. Um, and that's not often talked about. Um, so we have this kind of um, society has this idea right. of what 
prostitutes as actually rape. Um, you know, kidnapping, super violent. Yeah, yeah that you're in an alley in this, you know, dark alley and this person comes out of nowhere. Like, no. Right. And that's not really the case statistically at all. Um, and so most of the time it's someone you know um, and it's violation of consent. And so consent, that is an ongoing process. So even if you had consented to doing, <laughs> even if you, sorry, my cat, um, even if you can a certain level um, of intimacy or not at all, you have a right to take back that consent at any point as well. Yes. Um, so, and yes. also, so if they're pressuring you and pressuring you and pressuring you until you consent, that's also, that's coercion, that's manipulation. That's not right. true either or if you feel like your no would not be respected so you say yes anyway that is also not truly consent um so sexual assault or sexual violence rape can come in so many different forms it can come in marriages it can come from your partner it can come from a friend of yours um and it definitely there's high instances and correlation um with substances whether that's alcohol drugs whatever because if you're to the point where you are not sober-minded enough to consent then you are not able to consent even if you have consented in that state of mind the perpetrator did not have um, proper grounds for consent so Uh, in my I'm so glad that you said that because these when I was making notes for all this there were different kinds of rapes acquaintance rape which is what you're talking about teachers, friends, boyfriend, girlfriends, it's often people that you know. And like you said, that's the majority. The statistics I looked at said over 80% were acquaintance rapes, someone you know or trust. And then the second one was drug facilitated. And it made note that it was not just roofies, that alcohol is actually the most common, which was my case. And then I saw this and I swear to you, if someone would have told me this, because this happened over 12 years ago to me, Um, If someone would have told me then, it says, in the eyes of the law, you cannot consent when you are under the influence of alcohol, which Mm -hmm. blows my mind because that's so often what people say to write it off. It's like, well, you were drunk. Like, basically, you had it coming. But it's like, no, legally, like in the eyes of the law, I could not give you consent. And I actually saw it was years ago. I saw this. It was like a meme of... um, which was from England, obviously, because they were talking about drinking tea. But it was like, if you try to offer a person tea when they're sleeping, they can't drink it. And if you try to offer them, you know, and it was all these things that it was like, basically, it's so easy for us to understand this. If you're giving someone a beverage and they're passed out or they're too drunk to hold it to their mouth and drink it, then they can't consent to the tea. Why is it so difficult when it comes to sex, you know, that it's the same thing. If you can't, I couldn't formulate a sentence you know, right. then I'm not consenting. Right. And you like know? that, that's, the, that's one of the main things as well is so part, or like, I would say the one of the main motivations is power, right? So it's not, it's not actually the intimacy that they're craving right. sadly, or you're so desirable, right? Which some people want to paint it in that kind of yeah. light. Um, it's actually like, their power um that they're trying to like dominate and take power away from you and get what they want regardless of what you want um and that's why power dynamics play into it a lot as well so we've seen um that a lot i would say in our um our our past administration of our country 
Um, they actually rolled back a lot of the policies at Title IX, which is on campus, how they protect students from sexual assault. It's federal regulations. Mm-hmm. They rolled back some of the protections for survivors due to the last administration saying um, that the accused had rights that needed to be uphold, upheld. Um, and so but they also were putting people in positions of power um, as the administration that had vast histories of sexual misconduct. And right. so um, the abuse of power is also a huge thing. So um, if you are someone's boss or you are 20 years older than them or yes. else, those are all things that that takes away their level of consent as well. Because if you're right. factoring Will I lose my job? Or will I, you know, this, that, and another? They have more experience and ability to manipulate you as well. And so a lot of times that factors into sexual assault too. Yes, 100%. And okay, so if I can go off just a little bit, I don't want to go too into detail, uh, which this may have to be a two-parter anyway, because I feel like we can talk about this forever. But, um, and I, if you're comfortable sharing, you, I definitely want to hear from you about your experience. Um, so I was... I was 18, but just barely, right? I was of the legal age, but not by much. Um, I was with two of my friends. One was 17, one was 16. The 16-year-old was seeing a 32-year-old man, which should have been a red flag there, but you know we're young and dumb, so whatever, we had no idea. So he brings two of his friends. They're all three, I mean, standing outside looking in, they're all three attractive guys, which is kind of what us over to begin with because you know we thought we could trust these people she's dating one of them whatever I made clear at the beginning of the night to the guy I'll keep everyone anonymous but I said you know this is not something I want I don't want to have sex with him like he's cool attractive whatever maybe eventually but like I'm not trying to have sex with him tonight and he told me if he starts something he's gonna finish it and I should have left right then, but we had all been drinking, you know, and I'm glad it took a lot of years of me, like blaming myself to be like, bitch, why didn't you just leave? Like, why, why did any of this happen? But they were at my apartment. This was, I just moved out of my parents' house. Um, and we were all drinking. They were making our drinks. You know, it was a bad situation. And then I told him multiple times throughout the night that I didn't want to do it. I remember I don't know if it was alcohol or me blocking it out because of trauma, but I remember, you know, going upstairs, being in my room and we were in my like safe place. You know, I was very vulnerable and he took advantage of it. He was like 27 years old or something like that. And I remember him trying to take me upstairs and me saying no. And he was like, well, maybe later. And I was like, okay, yeah, maybe because you know, like he's like I was scared and I didn't want to like you can't say no because whatever like it's an intimidation thing like you said he's older than me so mm-hmm. later we I guess made it back up to my room I don't remember how I got there I just remember like coming to and me telling him to stop and I said something about how I'd never I was like I've, I've, I've never and he was like are you a virgin and I just kind of like shook my head embarrassed and he like pushed me off and I ran downstairs I told my friends what had happened. And one of my friends, bless her heart, I know she didn't mean anything by it, but told me that maybe if I went back up there and tried again, that this time it would be like I was okay with it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I remember going back upstairs and laying next to him. He was asleep in my bed and I just laid there. And then probably a couple hours passed by. I went, I lived with my sister. I went and crawled into her bed and I felt like a kid in a thunderstorm crawling into their mom's room. Like, I was terrified he was in my space 
this horrible thing has just happened to me. And then when I reached out to other people to tell them, it was kind of like, well, at least he's hot, you know, like there was that, or, you know, you can't basically what you're saying about taking it away. Like, well, maybe you, maybe you let him think that you were going to, or you, you know, kind of led him on to think whatever. And all these years I blamed myself until last year talking to a therapist and she was like, hello, no, <laughs> like what, all of this is valid. And I worried about talking with it about it to other people because it was never validated. It was always kind of like, well, you know, you had a guy, you were drinking, he was older, he was in your house. What did you expect to happen? You know? Which like, oh, okay. Cause not, I obviously, I see that and I see the 100% validity in right. your experience. And like, it is shocking that your friend who was dating one, she was 16, yeah, which technically is the age of consent in Mississippi. Right. If there's a three-year window. So if she was 16 and her partner was 19, that's legal by the Romeo and Juliet law. But okay. 16 and 32, that is statutory rape. Yes. Anything he does with her is statutory. Right. And so him then bringing his friends to your house and they're making your drinks, that is adults supplying minors with alcohol because even though you were 18 you were not legal age to drink right so not only way older and like statutory when it comes to the 16 and the 17 right bottom line then they were supplying alcohol and violent because you were very clear with your boundaries you very clearly stated over and over again that you were not comfortable with that right and so like I that is a 100 (laughs) percent valid right like experience of like of assault and like so it's sad because so many women like yourself and like myself blame ourselves yeah and like plug for therapy um (laughs) I'll give you my therapist number she helps a lot it was great highly recommend same same um so you shared yours and like we both are very open with our experiences this point in our lives it has taken us very many years to get to this level um I've I've gone through three separate assault cases like full out full out not just harassment because that happens I think every single day every day yeah exactly yeah every woman experiences that every day like today I was harassed so that happens all the time which is not anywhere near trying to normalize that but that happens all the time but three full out times I've been sexually assaulted like raped three separate times right and the time I was 15 I was 15 years old a virgin mm-hmm. um no intentions of having sex until I was married right. but I was out with some friends that I had grown up with you know one of my best friends and two guys that were way older than us I believe they were 18 17 mm-hmm. I was 15 so bottom line I was it's statutory minor, yeah I would, it was, there was no potential way for it to be consensual between, even if he was 17 or 18, either way, I couldn't have consented legally. Plus they showed up with alcohol. I drank once before right. um, person and they had tried something and I was like, look, I'm drunk, but I don't want to do that. And so the next time that we all hung out, I thought, Hey, this is my friend. I've already made myself clear so many times. I don't have to worry about it. Right. Right. Um, they brought alcohol this time 
they didn't drink any of it, which should have once again been like this like ding, ding, ding warning yeah. signs. Put like, I don't know, Xanax or something in it because I don't remember anything either. It was either, it was either a benzodiazepine they put in the alcohol or the trauma. Um, right. the, <laughs> could have been the trauma. It could have been, that's all, the trauma, man. Um, okay. And I was 15, this happened. I remember the next day asking my friend like, hey, what happened? And she told me like, you lost your virginity. And I was like, I don't remember uh, that. What are you talking about? And um, all I remember is like water hitting me in the face. Like I had gone to take a shower to sober up in my yeah. mind. I ended up what happened in the shower. Um, and yeah, and so I did that, that happened. Um, and then within a, maybe a little over a year later, um, I had gotten in a relationship and I told them they were very like gaslighty, blamey, like went mm-hmm. and talked about her assailant and like were like tricking me into situations to like try to make me feel responsible for what had happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after we broke up, because there was cheating in that relationship, which is also trauma, um, right. after we broke up, I started dating someone else that we both knew. And that person also assaulted me after saying, hey, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Da, 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 da. They did it anyway. And we're like, now it's done. So do you want everybody to think you're a whore if they find out that we've slept together? So I ended up dating that assailant. The oh. second I ended up dating him because I was terrified that society could find out. Right. And I would be a whore when that's not at all how that situation had right. started um and it sounds so easy looking back afterwards that you know what I mean like you say it now and you're like duh but in the moment (laughs) it's just like no I can't everyone's gonna think this about me I can't say that you know like oh I hate that that. and nobody because I mean I think it's I think I would hope that it's better in this day and age like this generation but in our generation and I'm sure in your generation we didn't talk about sexual assault and no and things like that but you did know if that girl had <laughs> that girl had sex and then she had a bad reputation and then they were talking about about her family and then yes. you know it was very much so more victim blaming yes. blaming um and I had I genuinely it took me a long time to realize what had happened to me right um, and thank goodness for therapy because my therapist like yours was like no what do you mean like you weren't even old enough to consent yes um yes and even you saying it to me like even you confirming that again feels so validating to be like wow it's not just a therapist that I'm paying you know what I mean but just anyone is just like hello yeah that's that's right that's sexual assault like it was inappropriate and you know I don't know how long it was after weeks maybe maybe a month or so after I saw him and we were in Starkville at a bar Mm -hmm. and I saw him from across the room and he walked up to me and was like, Becker, hey. I was like, like, I have nothing to say to you. And the first thing he said to me was like, uh, I didn't even do anything to you. Like, and which when I told my therapist, when I told my therapist, she was like, so he did do something to you. Like he knew it. That's the first thing he said. And he was like, I didn't even do anything to you. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna let it go. Like, let bygones be bygones. Well, you know, I I forgive you. And we go to shake hands. And he's like, oh, thanks. Shakes my hand and pulls me in and goes, so you want the dick tonight? 
swear to God. And I was like, you're fucking disgusting. And up until last year, I followed him on Facebook. Why? I don't know. Like, I don't, it was some sick, like, I don't even, it's like, you know, when you fall in love with your abuser, like that kind of thing. Stockholm, yeah. Yeah, it's like I had fucking Stockholm syndrome. Like, and I would watch him and it, it, it was doing nothing for me because I watched him go off. He got married. He, I'm trying to keep a little bit of anonymity to it, but, uh, sorry, my computer was like yelling at me to restart. Um, but he's, he became a nurse and he like goes and helps people now. He has a daughter, like it's disgusting. And I just kept seeing it and was just like, you know, fuck you for all of this. Like, and I don't want to say that I hope it happens to his daughter one day, but I hope that he looks at his daughter and thinks like, holy shit, I hope no one ever treats my daughter the way I treated her because it's disgusting. And like the chances are that, I mean, obviously what he did to you was not okay, but the chances are that if that's how he viewed life, there's been probably other people he's treated that way too. And the, the thing being that like my first assailant, I know he literally does not think he did anything wrong. Right. Finally, he does not think he did anything wrong because society and our culture, rape culture has not told him that he's done anything wrong. And this, my dude, the first one, he literally went up to my parents in the grocery store and shook their hand one day because he knew them too. And this was right. This is like before I told them. And, um, I ended up telling my mom when I went to my second therapist, because the first one sucked, the second ther- that means go check out more than one therapist. Exactly. I had first to go ther- like five of them. Yeah. We like, yeah, we got to plug in that too, because yes. not everybody's fit. But I told her right before going into the second therapist, because I was like, I need to tell this one about this. And so I told her right before then, and she was just like, he's come up to me and spoken to me since this has happened he's like come up to me and talk to me and like um he ended up getting baptized in the church I had grown up in my whole life and I remember they had just done video documentaries so his face popped up and he's talking about like Christ and how he's everything and I was in church and I think that was like probably one of the last times I went to that church because I was like look God saves I get that but I also don't you sitting here telling me like whatever and everybody congratulating you when you've yes. never taken like you've never apologized for taking responsibility after you knew hey even if I don't think I raped her she thinks I raped her yeah. and you you never apologize or try to like do anything like that but you're gonna go and in, in front of my church and be saved and I'm and like okay. about what a great person you are right and I'm like all right fine um well and that I didn't tell so my therapist actually was one of the people I talked to about it because I told her I had never told my parents never talked to my mom about it and I remember asking her if she thought I should and she because I was like I don't want her to be upset I feel like she's gonna blame herself and she was like that's something that's completely up to you honestly she told me that she herself was a victim of sexual assault which is sad that there are so many of us but I feel like every person I talk to has a story Mm -hmm. and she told me that she didn't tell her mom because, you know, whatever, she had her own reasons. She was like, it's up to you, whatever you think. If you think it's going to make her feel worse, then you don't have to tell her, but that's up to you. So I was like, okay. So I molded over. And then for a few months now, I'd been talking about doing a sexual assault 
episode and I was like I can't hardly have an episode out on the podcast not that my mom listens to it but like I'm not gonna have her find out because of a podcast so I told her and was like listen I don't want you to blame yourself whatever it's been a long time I'm almost over it now like I've worked through it with my therapist whatever but like this is something that has happened to me and I just want you to know like because a lot of times there would be like her language that she would use was kind of like victim blaming and I know it's not her fault you know but uh some things that she said like she kind of had these old ideologies of like if you dress a certain way Mm-mm. you are asking for it kind of thing and I was like I should be able to walk out. I got heated this was right before I told her because something came up and I was like I should be able to walk down the street naked because if a man does it if a man is just randomly walking down the street people are gonna be like holy shit that dude's drunk he's crazy homeless something whatever and would stay away from him but if we decide to just go walking like I go running across the street from my house in this little subdivision in just like a sports bra and shorts the only thing that is show it's less it's more coverage than a bathing suit and I get honked at when I cross the street people you know yell like every time you go out there it's disgusting I should be able to wear whatever I want without being worried about being raped yes to be clear and your outfit is not consent yes Technically, somebody um, in a TikTok that I posted about sexual harassment, this dude commented on it because my outfit that I was wearing in the video apparently wasn't anything to say I was asking for it. So he was like, it's your hair color. It, it's your hair color. I was like, that's what we're doing now? Like, you're, mm-hmm. okay. that's, what, that's what we're doing. I'm in a funeral dress. So you can't say anything about my outfit, but my hair color is where right. you think I'm giving consent to sexually harass me, which completely like surpasses the sexual harassment part which means it's not with my consent which by the way throw in there that if you touch someone's body without their consent that can be sexual harassment too I like with so many men and they're like what I'm like you literally just sexually harassed me you sexually assaulted me you grabbed my butt without my consent that is sexual assault yes like very and think about how many times in your life that has happened I mean I can think just offhand I remember being at a bar with the guy I was seeing and we were just you know randomly I was in like shorts and a t-shirt nothing crazy and I walked by this older dude was drunk and he literally grabbed my vagina maybe it was because at the time the president was saying grab her by the pussy so maybe he got confused but he literally just got and I like turned around and like I I was so I was taken aback but I didn't even do it I looked at my boyfriend and was like that, that dude just grabbed my vagina like he literally <laughs> just got a handful of my vagina what the fuck how is this okay i'm at a bar having a drink out did he get kicked out of the bar no oh wow so it's like we're completely allowed yeah completely with that yeah, yeah. That happened the other day a group of eight to ten men were yelling horribly explicit sexual harassment at me and like we said there's a certain level that like not that we're accustomed to it, not that it should be normalized, but there's a normal oh, level that I can tolerate more yes. so. Um, but then like, I just walked by and like double flipped them off when I got past them. The security, two security guards were in the mix with these people. Never said like, hey, let's not talk to people that way. And I flipped them off and they started yelling worse and worse stuff at me. Like very violent, like horribly intended things at me with no security involvement while they're standing there with them and I'm like who are you trying to make feel secure it's not women yeah exactly and like to go back to what you said earlier with like our our 
the older generation, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, um, so statistically women and girls are socialized by their mothers, right? Mm-hmm. There's stats on the fact that moms are the ones teaching their daughters, like the way you dress, your attractiveness to men, like finding a partner, like finding a husband, these things, those like determine your worth and your value. Mm-hmm. Like that's a very old regressive like point of view, but right. it's true. And they socialize that into us. And I remember a similar thing. One of my parents had said the term, like, I was, I think I was wearing like a sundress or something. I don't even know anymore. I just remember this was after my first two assaults and um, they were like, you can't leave the house like that. Cause if you leave the house like that, you're asking for it. And I just remember like kind of snapping and yeah. I like at my parents. I never told them hate you or anything, but like, I remember standing on the stairs and being like, I'm going to wear whatever I want to wear. And I'm not asking for it unless I look them in the eyes and say, fuck me. Literally. Yes. Snaps for Kate. Yes. But like, that's like so true. Cause it's like, it doesn't matter. And I I grew up with three brothers and I'm like, they can wear their boxers around the house or whatever. And it was, you shouldn't do that. Like you should always, you know what I mean? Like I was never allowed to wear like a sports bra around the house or whatever. And like, yeah, cover up if someone's coming over, which to be fair, like if you have an uncle or something coming over, it's, I mean, I know our parents, whatever, like they, but generally for the most part, I think they did it to protect us because now looking back, like as an adult, as a child, you think it's innocent, like whatever, I'm just wearing clothes. And now you get older and you realize fucking everyone's creepy, you know, and the number, like, I don't know the statistics on it. You could probably tell me, but like family and you know the creepy uncle or whatever that's like the number one people who are guilty of sexual assault so yeah. to be fair I know it probably was just coming oh, from yeah. you know a place of care and a different generation and all that oh. but and that's it's our job to change that narrative they yeah and they definitely I mean they definitely were doing their best they were definitely trying to protect us and they definitely like my mother would never let us have like especially when we got to a certain age would not let me have like sleepovers in the Mm -hmm. same room as the boys or like she would like she would never let a man be responsible for keeping us when they were out and she would like and to be fair women can be as assailants as well but and men can also be victims I need to clarify that too yes so I I do have statistics on that too that I was going to bring up along the way Um, so yeah and so my mother was always super adamant to try to prevent those things from happening, even though she never had gone through, thank God, my mother had never experienced sexual assault herself, but she wanted to be very careful about who she allowed around, particularly me um, and my brothers as well. She would not let my brothers go to the bathroom and a restaurant by themselves because she didn't want them to be victimized either. Right. very progressive in those ways but then there's still also the regressive ideologies as well like well you shouldn't wear that if you wear that you're asking for it but in their defense men or people or creeps um think the same way <laughs> and run that you know what I mean they can yeah. run with that and it doesn't you can be wearing you know a hajib and a, a burqa and you can be wearing sweatpants you can be wearing your pajamas you can be a child and these things can happen to you so obviously it's not your physical development that matters it's right. not outfit yeah that it matters. can be your hair color apparently yeah apparently that <laughs> <can> be- <laughs> who knew 
yeah I was like what I've never even heard that before you're getting creative um that's a new one for me sir thank you right um but I will say so since we were talking about the stats so one in um and one in four men and half of bisexual and or trans people experience a form of sexual violence during their lifetime so one in four men one in three women if you're bisexual or trans you have a 50 percent chance of experiencing sexual violence in your life so not like assault necessarily but right. violence right. grabbing you with someone hurting you because of your gender or someone taking advantage of you or whatever because of your gender that is the statistics however when it comes to sexual assault the stats this is based on like reporting okay so keep Mm -hmm. in mind vast majority of sexual assaults are not reported like right so many are not reported but of the ones that are reported one in five women one in five women that you met have experienced sexual assault and so I think that it's way more common than we're giving the dialect about. And now it's proving, but one in 38 men experience sexual assault as well or rape in their lifetime. So one in five women and one in 38 men experience rape in their lifetime, which is disgusting. Yeah. Um, you know, people always talk about false accusations, right? False accusations, this, that, and another. So less than, I believe, less than one to two percent of all reported cases are ruled as um, like false allegations. So statistically speaking, your son is more likely to experience sexual assault than to be falsely accused of sexual assault. Wow. Yeah. So I and I tell people that all the time. I'm like, so you're not proving anything. You're perpetrating. Society, because your son is more likely to experience this than to be falsely accused and if you're going to go through the process of reporting which is a very strenuous process which right. we can get um how to do that if you want to I don't yeah know, for sure whatever um it's a very strenuous process so if someone's going to go through that process it is very slim to none that they would lie that they would because- fake it Right. And statistically, very small percentage of people serve time and are ruled um, responsible for sexual assault in the small percentage. Right. And so it's like, you know, there's this whole, I don't know what to call it, uh, false narrative that, you know, are we going to ruin his life over one bad or are we going to ruin their life over this one mistake? Um, which is basically saying we'd rather ruin your life by being sexually assaulted. Yeah. Yeah. Like we'd rather ruin your, just your life be ruined. Yeah. Than the- Yours is already ruined. So we're just going to spare him. Right. And like, you know, like what? Because then that whole narrative is completely disrupted when you see like Brett Kavanaugh, when you see Trump that had whatever 38 allegations yeah. of sexual conduct. And let's when even you- assume one of them was false. You know what I mean? Like, okay. <laughs> You still got 37 other ones, sir. Right. And you take into account like all of like even Bill Cosby, right? Like, you know, there was like what, 20 women at least that had allegations against him. Mm -hmm. Right. And people were still questioning the validity of it because somehow a man's word and integrity is more valuable than 20 different women saying the same exact thing. And it's like, 
you can say people do it to get famous or for attention or money or whatever. Do you know a single one of the names of the women right. who Cosby assaulted? Like, do you know, like, you know what or I'm saying? Or Kelly, you know what I mean? They had a whole documentary and I couldn't tell you any of them. Yeah. And there's video evidence of that one as well. And so yeah. it, it's just, um, there's a lot of stereotypes and stigmas associated with sexual assault and rape. And in my experience, most of them have no statistical um, validity at right. all. You know, with Kavanaugh, I believe people were questioning um, when she was in court that she didn't know specific details. She didn't know like where the house was or whatever. Um, but if you do trauma research, like I have, um, your brain doesn't remember those things right. because trauma takes up so much of that capacity and so much um, space. So that trauma is like, has so many different connections that are held versus all the little details. So you're not going to remember all the little details because there's this huge thing that's taking up all your, your energy in that area. Yes. Or, or you can do what I kind of did and black out a lot Repress of it. it. Yeah. Your body will exactly. be like, you can't handle this right now. Yeah. So take that out for a bit. And if you, you know, if you end up putting in the work and the self-care and, you know, the self-evaluation and stuff, you can start to get some of that back. But sometimes you still don't get all of it back because your body is naturally protecting you. Yes. Yes. Your brain is, is it's defense mechanism of like, yeah, yeah girl, no, we got you. You can't mm-hmm. handle this. Just trust us. And that was one thing I was worried about too. Honestly, I was afraid. I was telling my therapist this. Like, I was like, I'm almost afraid to dive into it because like, what if I dive in and I start thinking like, if I talk myself out of it and I'm like, yeah, all, everything you just said, like I'm falsely accusing him. I was more worried about falsely accusing him. That's when she was like, bitch, you were 18. He was 20, whatever, seven you were drunk, he, you know, and it's like, there's no way to twist it. It's because I kept saying like, well, maybe like later, I don't remember getting up to the bedroom. Maybe I told him yes, then like, I don't know, you know, and it's just like, no, stop. You, you, you told him multiple times throughout the night. No, like you said, you can change your mind later or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter if at any point I said no, then no, you know, which is, it's okay. So this is the thing, like, it's great to find empowerment and other people that are survivors, right? Finding that community. But at the same time, it's so disheartening because we have such a shared experience that you don't want anyone else to share. Yes. And I, same thing. I was like, well, maybe when I blacked out, I did tell him yes. Right. And then, Wait, if you were blacked out, and you don't remember saying yes, then like your yes didn't count. Yes. And honestly, I'm remembering this now as we're talking about it. I remember, I remember the first person who I called, which my therapist even said, like, she was like, you know, this was a male, an older male who I called. He was like a brother. I entrusted him. And he basically told me because he asked me, this is being a little bit too descriptive, but he was talking about like, when I remembered coming to, I was on top of him. And he was like, you can't be raped if you're on top. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, okay. Like, I guess you're right. And he basically told me that like, when I said no, he was like, well, did you say like, no? Or were you like, oh no, like stop. Like, so my no wasn't forceful enough to be like, I had to be like, no, no. You know, like, I swear to you, this was the first person I reached out to. And you wonder why people don't reach out and why I never, I didn't report it. Did you report any of yours? 
Um, so no, I um, so three, um, and I haven't reported any of them at all. And I don't and, know any of the many people that I know. I don't know any of them who reported it. So like you're saying, it's a strenuous process, which I do want you to walk us through. Yeah. I had no knowledge of that. Even, even if it would have been as easy as like calling someone, I didn't want to do it because I, in my own twisted mind, it's just like, I guess it's because they've put this idea in our mind. I don't want to fuck up his life. You know, like I can get over it. What It wasn't that bad. It was just, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm fine now. I can, I can find healthy relationships. Like, I don't want to, he's a nurse. I don't want to fuck that up for him. You know, like he has a family, mm -hmm. he has a daughter. Like, even if it would have been the easiest thing, I wasn't going to do it. Right. And that, so that also, so we had talked about this before and the coming forward years later or whatever. Mm -hmm. So obviously, as we know, it can take you years to accept what even happened. 100%. You could not education or the information to be able to, to know that, hey, well, that may be uncomfortable, but I didn't know that that's what it was. Mm -hmm. But then also, I mean, as we know, survivors or victims can be any gender, women, men, non-binary, whatever. Right. Um, but women in particular in our society have been like programmed pretty much to always be shouldering, like shouldering all the burden and yes this like heavy the weight of the trauma yeah right like we like and if you look at historically generationally that has been the case throughout pretty much all of society is yeah. that we handle these horrible horrible things um whether that's domestic abuse or sexual assault or whatever else in our lives and we take on that responsibility we like pull ourselves up by our bootstraps yeah. and we keep going everybody else functioning and to not put any more pressure or put any more like heaviness Train. yeah yeah like we don't want to hurt anybody else the way that we're hurting like yeah. oh well I'm be hurt but should I even tell my mom because she's just going to be hurt if I tell her so I should deal with this all by myself yes yeah and like I uh, how I ended up telling my parents is I did start going to therapy mm -hmm. to try to tell them, figure out how to tell them that as long as, as well as some of the mental health things that came along with the trauma. Um, and I just remember being like, do I even need to tell them? And then I got to the point where I was like at a mental break, yes. like shouldering so much trauma and so much heaviness at 15 years old. Right. That I got to a breaking point. I do have a very supportive family, but I didn't want to add to their stress. They had right. three other kids. They had stuff going on. And I finally did tell them. And now I'm super duper open with them. They know everything. Yeah. Um, and it, it helps because if you're able to be honest with yourself and honest, honest with others and communicate that, you end up getting a lot more support. Um, and it's hard. It's not great. And they might, you might not have the best support system around you, but there are other people that will exactly. Be so. Yes. United in trauma, baby. That's the <laughs> slogan. That's what we're here for. And just know, I mean, honestly, I really do mean this. I like, I'll give my at Becca J 34 or underscore something. I'll find my Twitter, but y'all can DM me. I'm me on Facebook at bitchopedia pod, Twitter, anything, reach out. I'm here. You can give your information to like, we, there mm -hmm. are people out there who will listen and who you can go to. And even if you've tried before and it hasn't worked, try reaching out again. Right. You know, oh, I'm then uh, Kate Neal 28 
N-E-A-L is Neil. Um, that's with Twitter um, and everything. Kate Neil 19 on Instagram, if you want to DM me there. Um, and then uh, I want to say Kitty underscore cat. 2828 on tiktok um which and you said you had some yeah you said you had some stuff on there too with sexual harassment and all that yeah so art but it's also about sexual harassment feminism empowerment um things like that and by the way feminism is a theological viewpoint and it is not just for women um and it is about equality and combating things like you know sexism and sexual assault and rape culture so yes you away but I'm also here to talk this is so on brand for us <laughs> yeah you have so resources people and I have connections um being a social worker I have connections with people within the USM school system but also within different parts um and different like doctorate level um degrees and licensure and stuff that we can we can work some stuff we out text through okay mm-hmm. perfect well um do you I mean I think we're gonna have to have a part two of this Oh yeah, we're gonna have to have a part two. I mean, talk about we could have part seven, eight, nine, whatever. Shit. There's so many survivors. There's so many stories. There's so much statistics. Yeah, we can have a hundred percent. And I've got more. I definitely have more stuff that we weren't able to get to today. But definitely, I'm confirming it now. We're doing a part two. We could do however many parts we need to. You're Um, definitely coming back on. Oh my gosh! Thanks. Oh my god, guys. Um. But also, so in part two or X, Y, Z, whatever, um, we'll walk y'all through how, like, if you've been assaulted, what steps you need to take, um, how to keep as much evidence, whatnot, what legal yes. process, what processes and everything. I can help walk y'all through that, some legalities and things like that, that can protect yes. you. 100%. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for being here. Thank you, Becca, for inviting. You're definitely coming back. And I have just while we're talking, I know we'll have another part, but resources. Um, I have a website and a number, but if you have any other ones. Um, yeah, so go ahead um, and say, so there's the Schaefer Center. It's a 24-hour, um, 24-7 call line. You can call and talk to a real person. I believe they also have a texting option if you have social anxiety and don't like to talk on the phone. Um, and me. Yeah, at us both. Um, There is SAPA, it's on campus. It's a sexual assault prevention ambassadors. So they do a lot of advocacy as well. Um, There's Title IX on campus that um, if you're a student, they'll offer you counseling services and stuff for free. They'll also help you with the legal processes. Um, And then there's Green Dot. So they have training where you can get certified on how to best respond to people, but they also can connect you with resources as well. Oh, I love that. Okay. Well, now that makes mine seem like I only have this one little measly website, but I had the only one I found, or the main one I found was online.rain, R-A-I-N-N.org. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, mm-hmm. and their number is 800-656-4673. And those are, like we said, we are both here. And I mean, I know people say that, but like, I genuinely mean that if there's anyone out there who just wants to reach out. I take United in trauma to heart. That is genuinely how I feel. Like I, I want to be there for anyone who's been through bad shit like this. We can, we can connect through it and just kind of lighten that burden that we were talking about, you know? I think I can say this for the both of us. I feel like this is accurate. I've wanted to take all my trauma and all this bad shit and take it to help be there and be the support system and yes. uh, 
loving person that I needed there for me. And I want to be there for other people that are going through not sexual assault, if it's domestic violence, anything else, um, mental health or whatever, any of that, we want to be there for you. We want to use our experiences to be a positive experience for other people. Yes. Yes. And transmute that into something to make the world a better place. Yes, United oh my, United wrong, baby. Well, I love you so much already. We're best friends now. So we're, we're gonna be planning a part two and we'll get that uh posted as soon as we can. I know we're a little late, but April sexual assault awareness month. Mm-hmm. We're covering it all. Hashtag me too. Hashtag me too. Hashtag me too. Share your stories and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.